Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing Fighting Mr. Second, Return of the Runner-Up, Final Episode 6, Peeps. A moment of silence. This was absolutely fantastic. I mean, no offense, I'm just saying. This literally takes the cake for highlight of spring season, okay? This episode, just so everyone knows, I'm going to have to do this podcast in two different parts because Anna has to go to work and I can't finish the whole podcast review in one go. So if you want to, you guys can come back and listen to the rest of this after I get it up later this today. But anyway, this episode is about Gaoshidi and Zaoshui and their friends Binwei and their other friend from college, Gaoshidi's cousin and the chief technical officer. Gao Shidi calls his cousin to go pick up the chief technical officer because he will not extract himself from the police station. In the fight, in the last episode, we had Gao Shidi's cousin arriving to go talk to the chief technical officer, and he looks at him in, in this episode and he goes, "You were acquitted of this crime. You didn't do it. So why are you still here?" And the chief technical officer looks at him and goes. You know, if you don't want to be with me, then just leave me alone. And they basically start having this little altercation in the police office where Bin Wei is sitting there going, um, guys, can we please be a little more quiet because we are in the police station and we don't need you to argue. And both of them look at him and go, shut up. And so Bin Wei just kind of steps back like a wise person and lets these two kind of have at it for a little bit. Um, Gao Shidi's cousin asks the police to please uncuff the chief technical officer, and he then picks up the chief ex- technical officer and lugs him out of the police station. He takes him back to his bar that he also lives in, and he makes sure that he gets a shower because he's been there for several days locked up against the wall for reasons that you know only he understands. And he then basically doctors his wrist because it's been hurt by the handcuff that he had on him for a few days. It's at this point that you find out Gao Shidi gets a call from his cousin that he basically says, you know, I've got the, or I think he gets it from Bin Wei, actually, that basically the chief technical officer is now with the cousin, he's not at the station anymore, and Gao Shidi talks to Zhao Shui as they're getting ready to eat lunch, and he says, you know, this is a really good thing, because, you know, they really need to work out their differences, and he says, you know, my cousin has affective disorder, and, you know, the chief technical officer has his own slew of issues, and they really just need to talk, and it's at this point that you kind of find out a little bit about why the cousin has basically been really what we would call almost cold, we would, we would call it cold shoulder, to the chief technical officer because he has an affective disorder. What means what that means is he doesn't have the ability to express emotion or understand emotion like most people would. I call it the Spock syndrome. And I think a lot of people think it's a bad thing. I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, no offense, I might make some podcast listeners upset here, but I don't think it necessarily is a bad thing because I've met several people who are a little bit this way and they're really good to have in stressful situations. But anyway, 
You have the cousin of Gao Shidi and the chief technical officer have a moment here where they talk about things because he tells the chief technical officer, he says, you know, I know you've cared about me since you were a kid, but you need to understand that I can't care about you and show it in the way that you would expect me to. And this would be very hard for you. It has been very hard for you. And I'm not going to be able to emotionally reciprocate to the level that you would expect me to because I have an emotional deficit disorder. I may smile, I may act happy, but I'm usually, I'm usually using social cues to do that because it's very hard for me to express myself. And he says, you know, there's not room in my life for romantic attachment because I don't want to have someone suffer because I have this disorder. And I think it's just really good for me to say right now that this is an issue. And the chief technical officer looks at him and he goes, you don't even care a little bit. You don't even have a spot in your heart a little bit. And he says, no, I don't because I have this affective disorder. He then walks back into his restaurant, leaving the chief technical officer outside, kind of sitting there, bawling in a corner. We then go to Gao Shidi and Zhao Shui, who are adjusting to life living together, which basically involves Gao Shidi cooking really good food and requesting that he takes naps on Zhao Shui's lap on the sofa with a pillow because he is exhausted. And so anyway, that is kind of their relationship as they adjust to living together. He also ends up, Gao Shidi is talking to his mom while he's cooking dinner one day and Zhao Shui comes up and tackles him from the back and doesn't know that his mom is watching him. And he finds out from the mom that she was the reason that Gao Shidi stayed because she needed his help to manage the business. She needed his help because she was pregnant and having um, hypertension. And he also is introduced to his Gao Shidi stepdad. I love Zhao Shui's mom and she's just awesome. And we are back because honest day at work took longer than expected so this audio is being added to the next day but yeah I love Gao Shidi's mom I just want to put a big shout out because in BL drama in particular we tend to have some really good examples of awesome moms the ones I'm talking about are in Tan Han Chanlati in this series and then also we have a cool mom in Love by Chance with Pete's mom I'm just saying, they're cool people. Although I have to say Pete's mom is kind of a little harder because she's had a lot of bad stuff happen to her. Not that Anton Han Chanlati Chanlati's mom had a bad stuff happen to her, but she still managed to keep her zest and spark. But anyway, this episode continues with Gao Shidi and Zhao Shui meeting Gao Shidi's stepdad, which you don't really see in this episode at all. You then have them basically have a bit of a conversation about inviting Gao Shidi's dad over. And I, I mean, this conversation is filled with some innuendos, which most people that are children are not going to get, so you wouldn't have to fast forward. But I still think it was a good conversation in this film. And also, I, I have to admit, we are dealing with a couple here. So, I mean, no offense, they are going to be talking like this at times. But the thing I really liked about this conversation is... Zhao Shui is basically saying, my dad is stupid. And Gao Shui says, you can't be picky as he puts carrots back into Zhao Shui's plate because Zhao Shui still doesn't want to eat his carrots after all these years. And he's also basically using it as an example of, you can't be picky about your parents. 
And it's at this point that Zhao Shui and him start talking about, you know, those five years Gao Shi was away, and that Zhao Shui totally now gets it. He's not upset at, Zhao, at Gao Shidi. He's not mad. He's like, you know what? If I'd have known all this, I wouldn't have been mad at you at the first place. And Gao Shi says, I know, but I made that promise with your dad. And he says, yeah, I know. And my dad was stupid, and you were stupid. And yeah. And anyway, so they have this little conversation. But at the end of the day, Gao Shi says, I want you to invite your dad to eat dinner with us this weekend. I want to make him a really nice meal and have him come over because he is your dad and you do value him in the same way that I value my mom. And because of that, we're going to do what we can to keep that connection good. And it kind of falls on the heels of the last episode where Gao Shidi plopped that big pamphlet of paperwork on the table and says, these are the properties I own. This is my work history. Everything is exemplary. Just so you know, you know, your son's not ending up with a total blockhead. And, you know, if you still don't get it, and if you won't invite me into your family, that's okay. My mom is happy to have Zhao Shui in her family. But, you know, you're the one who's going to lose on this if you don't make it work with your son. And, you know, I don't really get in life why certain times parents make really bad decisions regarding their children's significant other for not a very good reason. I mean, no offense. Now, if a parent is a little upset because their child ends up with a, you know, somebody who doesn't do well at work, doesn't do well at school, and has major drug problems or something, I can totally see the parent having trouble with it. But we're not talking about that with Gao Shidi. We're just talking about his dad had a problem with it because he wasn't going to have his son have a quote, quote, normal family life. But at the end of the day, I love how Gao Shidi's like, you know what, instead of being mad at your dad, instead of me being mad at your dad, you being mad at your dad for it costing us five years because I made a stupid promise, let's try to make this work. And the understanding between those two, I think, is really cool to see on screen as a couple. Because, no offense, at the end of the day, the thing I think I like most about Gao Shidi and Zhao Shui is they have such a trust that is founded in one another. They both know that they have the other's best interests at heart, and they don't really give a hoot what anyone else thinks. And that trust is founded. It's not, you know, what you call it, untrue. So at the end of the day, Zhao Shui goes to see his dad. And this conversation between his dad and him is a really neat conversation. It's at the same place that his dad was told that Zhao Shui was dating Gao Shidi. And Zhao Shui goes and takes his dad his favorite soy milk and his favorite fried, um, like, donut sticks. And Zhao Shui's dad had brought that to Zhao Shui's house to give him as a treat because he thought it was his favorite when Gao Shidi came hauling Zhao Shui in the previous episode and it made his dad very upset that Gao Shidi had access to the house, obviously knew everything about it. And then they had that conversation about this is my work history and you know what, you could lose your son, so let's try to make this work. So anyway, Zhao Shui goes to meet his dad and he takes him the soy milk and the breadsticks and he says, I brought you your favorite food and your favorite soy milk dad and his dad said and he said you know I know you always thought this was my favorite treat as a kid but I only liked it because I knew it was what you liked dad and that's why I liked it I wanted you to have what you wanted and at this point his dad says well this wasn't my favorite treat but this was the treat that I took your mom on her first date with to eat and 
it always reminds me of your mom and how much I cared for her, even though, and how much she cared for me, even though I had nothing at that time. I had very little prospects. I did not have hardly any money. And all we could afford was, you know, soy milk and donut sticks. He said, and her care for me at that point is what made me like her so much. And it's at this point that Zashua looks at his dad and goes, you know what, dad? Mom's lucky that she has you caring for her even now, even though she's gone. You loved her a lot. And that even now has to mean something in the hereafter. And it's at this point that his dad looks at him. And, you know, I love this conversation because instead of Zashui coming like most people in his situation would come and go, Dad, you da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And his dad going da-da-da-da-da-da-da. They handle it in a gentle way. They handle it with an offering of soy milk and fried donut sticks and sit there and go, I know this other person's hurting. I know that they might be hurting for a really stupid reason, but they're still hurting. And that hurt is legitimate, even if it is founded on stupid reasons. And at the end of the day, his dad looks at him and goes, yes, I was, I was very happy with your mother. I, I loved having her in my life. And he says, are you happy, son? Are you happy now in your life? And I think this is my favorite scene, maybe of the whole series, because of this quiet little nod that Zaoshui gives, like, yes, I'm happy now, Dad. I have my life the way I want it. And that quiet little motion of Zaoshui's head, I think, expresses contentment in a relationship. It's not really about the passion. It's not really about, you know, I do have to say Gao Shidi is a good cook, but that's not why Zhao Shui ended up with him. But anyway, you know, I think that little nod says a lot about this whole series and says a lot about the characters in this series. That, you know, it's not really about, I mean, no offense here, it's not really about passion, it's about contentment. It's about going where you belong and staying there. And I think that is what this scene is encapsulates in a brief little moment and I love the understanding of the son and the dad in this scene where instead of going at each other like both of those two people would be prone to do they end up sitting calmly with one another and reaching an understanding that yeah the dad might not agree with Zhao Shui's choices but they don't end up ending up in terrible argument over it. At the end of the day, Zhaoshui asks his dad if he wants to come over because Gao Shidi wants to cook him some food. And his dad says, can he make sushi? Because his dad's from Japan and really loves sushi. And he says, I don't know if he can make sushi, but I'm sure he'll make something special for your visit. And they basically just start having this little conversation that cuts. We then go to the chief technical officer and the cousin. And I'm not sure this could be interspersed because this episode ran really quickly and I have not had time to rewatch it in total again. But we have this moment where I don't know if it's a dream sequence to be quite honest, where the chief technical officer imagines what his life could be like if he was with the cousin. And it's a good life. I mean, no offense. I mean, it's, it's full of camaraderie and understanding. And, but at the end of the day, he's then left in this disappointment of Nader. Like it didn't, it was all a dream sequence. So I'm not really sure if it was real, not really sure if it wasn't, but anyway. And so at the end of the day, the chief technical officer comes late at night with a big basket, like a milk crate full of stuff. And he brings this to the cousin and he says, you know what? You're right. 
I need to grow up and I need to let you go because you deserve to be with someone who you want to be with, even in your affective disorder. And that's obviously not me. But in order to let you go, I want to return these things to you, which probably aren't going to mean hardly anything to you, but meant a lot to me. And he goes through a list of all these different things from a Band-Aid to um, slippers to uh, noodles that the um, affective disorder cousin gave him because he knew they were his favorite. He goes through the list of all these things and then he just leaves it on the picnic table and the cousin angrily takes it and walks to his um, bar slash house. I would like to put in a little thing here that even though the cousin supposedly has defective disorder, I do not think it means that he cannot care at all. Because if you consider in the first series how he was always thinking about this kid from high school, and he would turn when he thought it was maybe that person. To me, that's not something someone does who has no emotions. Also, he always eats the special kind of instant noodle that is always the chief technical officer's favorite. And he always looks out for the chief technical officer, which if he didn't have any emotions at all, I don't think he would be doing. I think the thing is, is something happened in the, chief, in the cousin's life that made him shut off parts of his emotion. And so they gave him the 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 diagnosis that he has affective disorder. But you know, I've met a lot of people who supposedly have affective disorder and it doesn't mean that they don't care. It just means that they have walled parts of themselves off for safety reasons sometimes. And I think I can totally get it in their cases. In all the cases I've met, it's like, you know what, you have a really good reason for those walls. And some of them might just be genetic. Some of them might actually be there for reasons of things that happened in the past, but they're totally legitimate. And I think in many ways, the cousin of the Gaoshidi is one of the most interesting characters in the series because he has put himself in a place that he is trying to protect others from himself. And that leads to his own sadness that he has to carry with him for a greatly long period of time. I mean, for 12 years, he was away from the chief technical officer, and he really missed him all those years. And at the end of the day, the cousin t goes with a huff and takes the stuff into his um, cafe. And the chief technical officer is left there kind of bawling in a corner again and gets ready to leave. And it's at this point that the cousin says, aren't you coming in here too? And... It's at this point that I think the cousin made up his mind that even though he does maybe have affective disorder, even though he doesn't know how to make things work with the chief technical officer, even though it scares him to pieces and the what-ifs of the world could come crashing down and consume him, he still has the courage to try to make this work. And we then go to the chief technical officer, becomes kind of the waiter at the cousin's restaurant, and starts, you know, taking orders, delivering baths. And I have to say, he's really quite good at it. No offense. I mean, he's kind of found a cool niche. And um, at the end of the day, Bin Wei has decided he's going to propose to his um, boyfriend, which 
he's been totally freaking out over for way too long. And Gawashiji is trying to tell him to calm the heck down as he's trying to, you know, breathe in and out. And he says, you know what? It's going to be fine. You're not getting married right away anyway. So why are you so freaked out about this? And then um, the we then go to Zhao Shui and Benwei's boyfriend. And Benwei's boyfriend says, you know, I know he's probably going to ask me tonight because I found the ring. He left it at my apartment. And then I put it back in his car so he wouldn't freak out that he'd lost it. And, you know... We're not getting married right away either, so I'm not really sure why he's so concerned, but there you go. <laughs> and it's so funny to watch him because, like, the one person's freaking out, the person knows all along this is happening, and there you go. But anyway, so Benway does get the courage to propose, and he does not pass out in a dead heap like everyone was expecting. And that's kind of how this episode ends. We then find out that there's this little thing that comes across the screen that says their story is not over yet. Because, peeps, they are making a season three of We Best Love, and I could not be happier about this. Also, for those of you who might be a little bummed that we don't have a, a weekly scheduled episode now, The Fish in the Sky has just started. I watched the first episode last night, and it wasn't my favorite pilot episode. Anna demands a lot from a pilot episode though so I mean no offense here it's not their fault but you can watch that on YouTube and I will be leaving a review of that series here shortly. I thought it was a good first episode. It's very it's way too predictable but you know predictability is certain. We don't have to worry about things. But, you know, I would have to say, going back to We Best Love, Fighting Mr. Second, Return of the Runner-Up, this was an amazing episode. I mean, the final episode was great. Also, I almost forgot to add this, but before we get to the end with Bin Wei proposing, we shoot to Gao Shidi and Zhao Shui, which are, who are back at their campus that they went to college at, because Zhao Shui gave a speech to his alumni, and he is totally on cloud nine, because he made it there before Gao Shidi did, and he's like, finally, you can throw in the towel, Gao Shidi, because now I am number one, and Gao Shidi's like, you know what, we're out of college, Zhao Shui, it really doesn't matter who is number one, I just wanted to be with you, I didn't care about being number one, I just wanted to make sure I was close enough that I would get high numbers so I'd be considered with you and you know lo and behold I always went number one they then go to the pool where he ended up meeting Zhao Shui first time in a romantic way in a very odd manner which you can go hear about in my review of the first season of We Best Love number one for you episode one but anyway Zhao Shui ends up pushing Gao Shidi into the pool, and Gao Shidi pretends to have this cramp, and he says, call an emergency office, I'm going under, and Zhao Shui's like, yeah, yeah, you're kidding, and then he really does see Gao Shidi go under, and he goes, oh goodness, I found this person, and now they're dying in the swimming pool, and so he goes, and he jumps in. It's at this point that they basically have a romantical moment in the swimming pool, and then race each other to the other end, and Zhao Shui tells Gao Shidi that he is slow because of his age. I think they're the same age, but anyway. So, but this was a really cool episode. I also like how, I'm not sure how they're going to play this in the next series, but Gao Shidi ends up becoming Zhao Shui's assistant at work. The reason is, is Zhao Shui wants to make him chief technical officer, so he has a higher title than assistant, and Gao Shidi's like, I don't care about the title. If I'm chief technical officer, I can't be with you every day. If I am your assistant, I get to work around you every single day. <laughs> and he's like, you know, we've spent five years apart. That's way too long. I'm making up for some lost time here. 
So anyway, but I have to say, this whole series um, of Rebest Love is one of the coolest I have ever seen. I'm actually going back and re-watching season one, number one for you, and there are so many different things you catch on a diff on a second showing of this that you don't catch on the first that I think it makes it really interesting. Also, I love if you follow along with the titles of the episode, they're basically about what you learn from a relationship every step of the way. And the person who wrote this series is the same person who wrote History 2, Right or Wrong, which if you haven't seen it, drop everything, go to Vicky Rukatan and binge watch. It's only like four hours long totally worth your time this weekend I'm just saying she that writer I think it's a woman but she has a great talent for writing really good quality work on how people deal with relational conflict and how they resolve it well and I really like her work I love the care that goes into it the consideration that she puts in her work um, I have to give this series an absolute 10, which, as you all know, who have listened to this podcast for a while, Anna doesn't really give 10s to most series because I demand a lot from my dramas. But anyway, if you have not seen this series, go check it out. If you don't even like BL drama, I would highly recommend you check it out because this is not like the cookie-cutter BL drama that a lot of people think. This is a very interesting series that is just a drama series on its own. If you have not seen it, definitely go check it out. You could watch the whole series with your kids, although I might skip the end of episode one if you had the kiddies there. And I might skip the end of episode two and the beginning of episode three, depending on your kiddies' ages. And there you go. But overall, you could sit down and watch most of the series perfectly fine. And you know, it would give an excellent thing to discuss with older kids on how not to approach relationships. But there you go. And with that, on out. Check it at the round table. Bye!